Welcome to this Irish Compliance Quarterly Audio Special, brought to you by the Association of Compliance Officers in Ireland. Hello and welcome to an audio version of the Irish Compliance Quarterly, the ACY's quarterly magazine. The ICQ features relevant articles from subject matter experts on regulatory updates and detailed analysis of compliance regulation and legislation in financial services, plus information about the ACY's ongoing educational and professional development initiatives. In this audio special, we feature an article on new standard contractual clauses and practical considerations for financial institutions from the summer edition of the ICQ. This article was written by Flavian Carlor, Senior Legal Counsel and Director and Data Protection Officer at SS&C Financial Services Ireland Limited. Flavian is also a member of the ACY Data Protection and Information Security Working Group. Following the article, Flavian will examine the new GDPR standard contractual clauses, along with practical matters to consider when preparing for the new regime with Stephen Roberts, Head of Marketing at Griffith College and the Vice Chair of the ACY's Data Protection and Information Security Working Group. The following is an article from the ICQ Summer Edition 2021, entitled Time to Act, New Standard Contractual Clauses and Practical Considerations for Financial Institutions. Many companies have been relying for over 20 years on the Standard Contractual Clauses, SECs, set out in the Decisions 2001-497-EC and 2010-87-EU for the transfer of personal data to third countries and processors established in such countries under the Data Protection Directive 9546-EC. When the European Union Data Protection Regime took effect on the 25th of May 2018 in the form of the EU General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, a new set of modernised SECs was expected to be published for the purposes of Article 46 of GDPR. On the 16th of July 2020, the Court of Justice of the European Union published the decision, Schrems II decision, in connection with the EU-US Privacy Shield and SECs. In this decision, the CJEU invalidated the EU-US Privacy Shield, yet it also confirmed the SECs remained valid. The European Commission subsequently published a draft implementing a decision on SECs on the 12th of November for public consultation. Subsequently, the European Data Protection Board published draft recommendations on measures supplementing transfer tools to ensure compliance with the EU level of protection of personal data supplementary safeguards measures on the 11th of November 2020, also for public consultation. With the final GDPR SECs just published at time of writing on the 4th of June 2021 and the final version of the supplementary measures published on the 21st of June 2021, this article will first give a general overview of the GDPR SECs followed by a list of practical matters to consider when preparing for the new GDPR SECs regime. This article will also look at some challenges, 
such as the project management component and data flows between the UK and the EU, pending an adequacy decision and the UK potentially publishing its version of SECs. The GDPR SECs consists of four main sections and three annexes. The first general section describes the purpose and scope of the GDPR SECs, clarifies which terms of the GDPR SECs may be invoked and enforced by data subjects as third-party beneficiaries. It indicates any terms used in the GDPR SECs have the meaning given to them under GDPR, clarifies the GDPR SECs terms will prevail should there be any conflict with any other agreement the parties to the GDPR SECs may have entered into, and describes the transfer. In addition, the first general section includes an optional clause according to which the parties to the GDPR SECs may wish to add a third party, either as a data exporter or data importer, by completing and signing Annex A1. The second section, specific to the party's obligations, adopts a modular approach and offers four options, depending on the type of processing and parties associated with such processing. The four modules of the GDPR SECs are controller to controller, controller to processor, processor to processor, and processor to controller. The modular approach applies to both the basic terms as regards data protection safeguards, such as accuracy and data minimization, storage limitation, security of processing, and reporting of a data breach, and provisions in connection with local laws, which may affect compliance with the GDPR SECs, including the use of subprocessors and liability terms. The third section of the GDPR SECs relates to the local laws and obligations governing access by public authorities. In particular, the parties to the GDPR SECs must conduct and document an assessment in connection with the laws and practices in the third country of destination applicable to the processing of the personal data. The fourth section of the GDPR SECs features various general provisions to include, for instance, the obligation on the data importer to promptly inform the data exporter if it is unable to comply with the GDPR SECs. GDPR SECs should be governed by the laws of an EU member state, provided that such laws allow for third-party beneficiary rights. Lastly, the GDPR SECs include three annexes, namely to describe 1. the list of parties, the type of transfer and competent authority, 2 the technical and organizational measures agreed between the parties, and three, the list of subprocessors. Are there any significant differences between the existing SECs, draft GDPR SECs of November 2020, and the final GDPR SECs? Yes, in addition to the modular approach outlined in this article and the risk-based approach adopted in the GDPR SECs, some of the material differences may be summarized as follows. Liability and indemnification. The existing SECs include an optional indemnification provision pursuant to which the parties agree that, 
if one party is held liable for a violation of the SECs committed by the other party, the latter party will, to the extent to which it is liable, indemnify the first party. A similar indemnification provision proposed as mandatory in the November 2020 version of the GDPR SECs was removed from the final GDPR SECs. Obligation to provide a copy of the GDPR SECs to data subject. On request, the parties to the GDPR SECs need to make a copy of the GDPR SECs, including the annexes available to the data subject free of charge. While the parties may redact part of the text of the annexes prior to sharing a copy to protect business secrets or other confidential information, they should 1. provide a meaningful summary where the data subject would otherwise not be able to understand its content or exercise his or her rights, and 2. on request provide the data subject with the reasons for the redactions to the extent possible without revealing the redacted information. How much time do we have to act? Further to being published in the EU official journal on the 7th of June 2021, the GDPR SECs will enter into force on the 27th of June 2021. Existing SECs may continue to be used until the 27th of September 2021. However, Existing SECs entered into before the 27th of September 2021 will need to be replaced by the final GDPR SECs by the 27th of December 2022. A careful and detailed review of the final GDPR SECs will be required to assess any material changes from the draft GDPR SECs published in November 2020. Given that the European Commission took into account the 148 feedback submissions from the public consultation and the joint opinion 1-2021 issued by the EDPB and European Data Protection Supervisor in January 2021. Practical considerations for your business. Should the GDPR SECs be entered into as a standalone contractual arrangement? Not necessarily. The parties to the GDPR SECs are free to include the GDPR SECs in a wider contract, namely the primary commercial agreement between the parties. Can the GDPR SECs be negotiated by the parties entering into this transfer mechanism? Yes, while the data exporter and data importer may not amend the terms set out in the GDPR SECs, the parties may add other clauses or additional safeguards, provided that they do not contradict, directly or indirectly, the SECs, or prejudice the fundamental rights or freedoms of data subjects. Specific provisions to consider? While the CJEU confirmed in the Schrems II decision that SECs remain valid on the basis, amongst other things, it incorporates effective mechanisms that make it possible, in practice, to ensure compliance with the level of protection required by EU law. The data exporter and data importer should provide additional safeguards in using contractual commitments supplementing the SECs. The focus, therefore, would be for the financial institutions, both as data exporter and data importer, to assess 
what supplementary measures may need to be implemented, in addition to the technical and organisational measures already in place. Assessment of the law in the relevant third country. The parties to the GDPR SECs, amongst other things, must warrant that they have no reason to believe that the laws and practices in the third country of destination applicable to the processing of the personal data by the data importer, including any requirements to disclose personal data or measures authorizing access by public authorities, prevent the data importer from fulfilling its obligations under the GDPR SECs. The risk-based assessment of the laws and practices of the third country of destination must be documented and made available to the competent data protection authority on request. Supplementary measures? The EDPB and EDPS have indicated in their joint opinion that the assessment of the legislation of the third country of destination which may prevent the data importer from fulfilling its obligations under the GDPR SECs in connection with a specific transfer, should be based on objective factors, regardless of the likelihood of access to the personal data. Objective factors include aspects such as the purposes for which the data are transferred and processed, the types of entities involved in the processing, the sector in which the transfer occurs, the categories of personal data transferred, and the format of the data transferred. In addition, the final version of the supplementary measure includes several changes to address comments and feedback received during the public consultation and places a special focus on the practices of a third country's public authorities. What else? Financial institutions may also wish to monitor any communication from the European Parliament. A press release dated the 20th of May 2021 indicated that the European Commission should issue clear guidelines on making data transfers compliant with the recent CJEU rulings, which would be particularly welcoming for SMEs. Challenges Project Management and implementation. However, not always considered concerning regulatory changes and related impact to address such differences, two of the most apparent challenges relate to the volume to tackle and the time permitted to complete such changes. Now that the final GDPR SECs have been published, financial institutions will have up to 18 months to take on the exercise of transitioning from the current SECs to the GDPR SECs, both with their delegates and their vendors. In other words, financial institutions may wish to create a task force whose primary task will be to prepare an implementation project plan and related timeline, if not already initiated. Data flows between the UK and the EU. On the 19th of February 2021, the European Commission launched its procedure for the adoption of two adequacy decisions for transfers of personal of, for transfers of personal data to the United Kingdom under GDPR and the Law Enforcement Directive. In April 2021, the EDPB published an opinion on the draft UK adequacy decisions. The UK adequacy decisions, if approved, 
will be granted for four years and can be renewed for another four years, following a review by the European Commission. The European Commission may also suspend, repeal or amend the UK adequacy decisions at any given time during the four years if there is any indication an adequate level of protection is no longer ensured in the UK. At the time of writing, it is understood that the committee established under Article 93 of GDPR approved the UK adequacy decisions. Provided that the UK adequacy decisions are published in the EU official journal before the transition period ending 30th of June 2021, the UK will not become a third country, meaning the transfers of personal data from the EU to the UK may continue without the need to put in place additional safeguards, such as the GDPR SECs. Development of Standard Contractual Clauses Outside the EEA Another challenge certain institutions may encounter is where a financial institution based in the EU provides services to a client based in certain jurisdictions within Asia, such as Singapore, and collects and processes personal data from that Singapore legal entity and its customers. The Singapore Personal Data Protection Commission issued on the 22nd of January 2021 guidance for the use of the model contractual clauses published by the Association of Southeast Asian Nations for Cross-Border Data Flows in Singapore. The PDPC, recognising and encouraging the ASEAN model contractual clauses, has indicated that the ASEAN MCCs are for voluntary adoption. The parties may continue using their preferred contractual templates for cross-border data transfers out of Singapore, provided they are compliant with the Singapore Personal Data Protection Act. The ASEAN MCCs provide two modules, controller to processor and controller to controller, for use in the relevant transfer scenario and include sample commercial components covering, for instance, the choice of law disputes or suspension of transfer. In conclusion, given the challenges outlined above, namely the likely high volume of SECs to be repapered and the 18-month timeline to implement the new GDPR SECs in replacement of existing SECs, financial institutions should create a task force to prepare an implementation project plan and related timeline. In the meantime, financial institutions should conduct a careful and detailed review of the final supplementary measures to assess any material changes from the draft supplementary measures published in November 2020 and closely monitor any developments and related communications from the European Commission, the EDPB and EDPS and the European Parliament. Flavian will now discuss his article with Stephen Roberts. Thanks, Michael. It's great to be here and great to be uh, covering what is a very timely topic, I think, for everyone in the compliance and, and data protection sector. So, Flavian, uh, a really interesting article for the for the recent edition of ICQ. And I guess it's fair to say it's a, it's an area where we're continuing to see quite rapid change. So I wonder, just in terms of, of, of kicking off this interview, can you tell us what changes have occurred since you wrote the article? 
Uh, Stephen Michael, thank you very much indeed for inviting me to this. So what we have seen since the GDPRCCs were published, we have seen the version 2.0 of the guidelines on the concept of control and processor that were adopted early July by the European DB board. And I think that's quite important document, actually, as it does provide some clarifications regarding the concept of joint controllers and processors, and also integrate some updated language and further clarifications uh, to allow companies to assess the you know, which entities will be controllers and process. And I think that's quite important, particularly when you know that on the GDPSCs, you have to select the relevant module as to whether it is module for the controller and controller, for instance, or again, controller to processor, or again, processor to processor. Thanks, Lavian. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, I think we are in a time of, of, of rapid change and, and quite a few new developments on a very regular basis when it comes to aspects that, that compliance and data protection professionals have to be aware of. Just looking looking at um, your, your piece more generally and the developments you've mentioned, what do you think these changes mean for Irish businesses and their compliance teams? I think it means that a greater awareness needs to be implemented within a company. In other words, it's very much kind of a task for all stakeholders uh, to be brought together as part of perhaps a task force. And that would include, for instance, the DPO, the uh, legal team, the InfoSec team, perhaps as well, the HR marketing team, and as well the business. I, th I think that is not a question only of saying, well, we have these assets in place. It's no longer the case. I think that we know for sure now that they are no longer sufficient on their own. In other words, you need to address and document new requirements as a result of those um, assets just published in June 2021. And have you seen any best practice examples emerging even in, in, in kind of recent weeks or, or months in response to this. I, I think, you know, your suggestion of a task force is, is an excellent way that companies can approach this, this, uh, this issue. Sure. I think first and foremost, if I may highlight that there may be a potential full sense of having a lot of time, if you like, sure. to implement those SECs. And I think particularly in light of the deadline of 27 December 22, by which the old SECs have to be replaced by those new GPSCs for the purpose of transferring data outside the year. I think that what is important to understand is that this 15 months grace period only applies to the SECs entered into on or prior to the 27 September 21. Yes. Yeah. What it means in practical term is that is that the companies must have the GPRCC is ready to use for any new SECs to be entered into from 27 September 21, if you like. I, I think that's very important, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, so, in those, you know, yes, there's a lot of time to remediate the SECs put in place as of today, for instance. Yes. But from the, you know, just in two months' time, pretty much, any new SECs will have to be based on the new GDPRCC is published by the EU Commission just um, early June 2021. I think the other point is on the task force. 
I think, as I mentioned, the new GDPR CCs will not be sufficient on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a question of saying, yes, we have signed those contracts and we are okay from a compliance perspective. That's that that'll be quite a risky assessment. I think that, you know, looking at some of the actions that are required, the first important perhaps will be to refresh the data mapping. And part of that, identify the third countries involved in the processing. And, and I think that one of the most challenging clauses of the GDPR is, is very much clause 14, percent which the companies must document an assessment, or if you like, a TIA, transfer and part assessment, which document basically the laws and practices of the third countries based on a risk-based approach. Mm-hmm. And I think for that purpose, you know, you need to assess any additional contractual, technical, and organizational safeguards. Okay. Well, firstly, just to say that's a great point for anyone listening in terms of companies need to be looking at the twin timeframes that are involved with regard to the SCCs. I think that's a hugely relevant point for, for listeners to take away from, from this interview. The second point that you were making there with regard to supplementary measures. I mean, I, I know particularly when we're considering small and mid-sized firms, this seems quite an, an onerous task for them to take on. How can companies reasonably expect to assess the laws and practices of a third country and do you think supervisory authorities can can be of help in this area too yes i, I think that's a very good point Simon. i think that may be quite challenging for SMEs. and i think that if we look at certain authorities in the eu for instance the swiss federal data protection information commissioner they published just in june 21 a very useful guidance i believe which is intended to assist the companies in the assessment, if you like, of the transfers of data uh, from Switzerland to third country. So it's kind of quite Swiss-specific, but they gave some guidance as regard, you know, potential transfers of data outside the year to include the um, USA. And I think that in addition to that, they published back in September 20, I believe, a guide as regard the list of countries classified in three categories. The first being mm-hmm. adequate, the second category being adequate subject to certain conditions. And the third categories of countries would be identified as inadequate, which means inadequate without implementing additional measures. So in that second and third categories of countries, then obviously, you know, companies will need to, you know, review in detail the recommendations for supplementary measures published by the European Board to assess which type of measures will have to be in place. But I, I think I think I agree, Stephen, that um, service authorities may wish to indeed publish some guide. Yes, a guide in the sense of that some guidance that that companies may uh, leverage with a view to assess the laws and practice of different countries. Otherwise, I think that would be quite a challenging task for SMEs indeed. Yeah, I can I, I can fully imagine. And, and, and it's it's to be hoped, I guess, that more best practice emerges across for this area, across, you know, the various supervisory authorities w- within the EU. I guess looking ahead and dare I ask, are there further developments expected in, in this area, either with regard to SCCs or with regard to international data transfers more generally? Yes, I think, Stephen, I think that the uh, big of a question, if I may say, is in relation to the UK. So the good news from the UK side, meaning as we have the transfer of data from the EU to the UK, the EU Commission published in late June 21 
the uh, adequate solutions uh, for the case. So I, th I, think, I think that's great. And I think that there was quite a bit of relief, I believe, on both sides, in the UK and EU on that side. Now, the next question very much is about the UK own approach to the transfers. As, as we know, the new GDPRCCs are not recognized in the UK. So what it means? It means that in practical terms, the old EUCCs are recognized in the UK as they are written as EU law, as we say, uh, which means that they've remained valid in UK until they are replaced by the UK SECs. But for now, the challenge will be, you know, what type of SECs may a UK company transferring data outside the UK from September 21? Uh, I, th I, think, I think that's quite a big question. So it is understood, however, that the SEO will consult and publish some draft UK SECs during summer. Uh, so I think that we need to wait and see, but that's very much a challenge as the GDPRCs can only be used, if you like, from a EU perspective. So there is still the UK open question on what type of SECs will be used from September 2021 on the UK side. And Flavian, would you have any advice for listeners whose companies may be facing that very issue? Is there Are there any steps that they can take right now, or is it really a wait and see approach that they need to adopt? I would advise starting implementing, or in other words, I think that the principle of assessing the laws and the practice of the third countries can start now. I would, I would be surprised if the UK SECs are quite different from the UK, from the EU version, if you like. I think other tasks that can be processed, as we speak now, is very much consider updating your profs notice. You know, looking at the new requirement under the um, EU ICCs, we have quite a few requirements, including basically, you know, how to address a request from a public authority under a third country law for the disclosure of data transferred to those mm -hmm. countries. What additional measures will be put in place? Training, I think training will be important, particularly as regard marketing, HR, vendors, having some kind of process to ensure that if and when a new vendor is engaged by a company, either of HR or marketing or software purposes, mm -hmm. that you have already this kind of process of, you know, assessing the country where the vendor is located, but even trying to understand what subcontractors could that vendor use. As we know, particularly vendors, they might subdelegate tasks to countries outside the EA. So that's quite a you know, interesting question there. And again, you know, updating the privacy notice. Well, I think that the privacy notice will have to be updated, particularly because there's a new right given to the data subject, which allows them to request a copy of the SECs. So again, who will be responsible to respond to an individual asking for a copy of the SECs, as one example in the S? Okay, and just one area that 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 is is linked in with this as well, and is 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 probably very timely for for many organisations. What challenges would you see facing companies regarding COVID nineteen and, and employee health data? And I, in particular, I'm thinking of international organisations that might have affiliates located in Ireland. Uh, indeed, uh, that's a very good question, Simon. And I think that is a question or a topic which is which may not be on the top 10 items for companies. I, th I think that as companies prepare to return to the office, either on a permanent basis or more likely on a 
you know, temporary basis, meaning, you know, two, three days a week. And I think that the challenges around vaccination data, to what extent can this data be asked, processed, and particularly when you have global organizations which may have offices in the U.S. or outside the A, you know, to what extent can the data be first processed and transferred to third countries? You know, we can see quite a lot of uh, public statement from authorities or government on that is to, you know, you know, even looking at the Irish Deputy Commissioner saying that there's no lawful basis for processing vaccination data. But again, you know, wait and see what the health authority will indicate on that. So I, I, I think it's kind of a big question. And I think that's something that we need to keep in mind as part of the return to the office timeline, more likely from September, as regards Irish companies and so on. But definitely it's something to keep in mind from an HR perspective. I think that HR should definitely, you know, engage with the DP office from any company on that specific topic. Thanks again, Flavian. And thanks for your insights, both in the article and in our interview today. I think there's, this remains a very timely and high priority aspect of data protection compliance for all our listeners. So it's great to have your, your advice and guidance. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you for listening to this Irish Compliance Quarterly Audio Special. Make sure you keep an eye on our website and social media accounts so that you don't miss out on future audio specials. 